We are exploring a life shaped by God. We're going through the epistle to the Colossians. And this morning we're going to start with some trivia. So of that list of six, what do those share in common? Just say it out when you have an idea. War. War. They're movies. Good job. They are. They're movies. Yes, you were distracted by that. Yes, they're movies. So what do these six have in common? Yes, they're movies. Any particular kind of movie? Drama? Any particular kind of drama? Historical They are all based upon a true event, actual events. There's a hero in all of them because what's happening? Something really bad. Something's really ha- something bad is happening. There's a hero. Put that together. You've got rescue. Rescue. Way to go, Mark. <laughs> all right. <laughs> rescue. These are all rescue movies. Now, which of these is your favorite? So it's hard to pick. How many of you have? How, how many have seen all of these? Okay, just curious. What's finest hour? About? Finest hour. Woo! That's a Coast Guard movie. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It's supposed to be a oh, 13. that's called my typing. That's my that's my poor typing. Apollo thirteen. Oh, some of them are very hard to watch two or three times. Yeah, especially back up down for me. Yes. Yeah. Private Ryan was over the top for me. <sighs> Argo, anybody, any, Argo, Argo's like, it's one of my favorite. Remember? James, tell us what it's about. Yeah, it's when the Holy came in and people got stuck in there, and so they ended up making up that they were filming a movie to go in to raise this crazy rescue Yeah, they're. And the yeah. It was this awesome long lie. Yeah, and they just barely got out. Barely got out. Before the, um, some division of the uh, Secret Service came to try to stop them. Yeah. And they were in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. Now, of the of your favorite, and what you remember, what's, what, I mean, what is most memorable or meaningful to you from one or two of these movies? What, what is it that, about rescue movies that stick with us? Okay, people die to save one. Okay. Say it again, Susan. People risk their lives. People risk their lives for the sake of others. Okay. Okay. Normal people put in extraordinary situations too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. James James risked the front row. 
<laughs> Good job, James. You know, one thing I really I wonder about is, are we, are we, I mean, like, I, I like watching, I like watching movies that are based on actual events, and I like watching rescue movies, and I wonder if it taps into the fact that there is a God that has been working to rescue us. So there has been this drama, there's been this long series of rescue events in human history. There's a God that reckless love really says it. There is a God with reckless love who's not going to stop. At all costs, he's going to rescue humanity from destroying itself or, you know, self-destruction. Just the, we, are, we are just a destructive group. And God is bent on saving us. To rescue us. So that's where I want us to go. I just want us to explore Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. We give thanks. We give thanks to the Father. That Father who rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God is the one who rescues us from ourselves. You know, just think about your own life. You know, we, we don't rescue ourselves. Uh, we don't rescue each other. We, we try to rescue each other, and many times we don't actually do a very good job at doing that. We mess things up. It, it's God who rescues us. It's God who delivers us. It's God who saves us. So there is a, when, when we talk about God saved me, there's always a context. It's not just God saved me without a context. There's this history of God delivering his people from the powers that sought to destroy them. So just, again, just broad stroke. As you think about the history of God, what's recorded for us in the Bible, give, give an example of God saving his people from powers that were bent on destroying them. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The Israelites coming out of Egypt, yeah. Deborah, what, what did you say? Okay. What else? I mean, is there, I, there's not a, is there really a time that God ever didn't try to rescue his people from powers that were bent on destroying them? It starts at the very beginning. The very beginning. You know, there, there's, there are those that read behind the scenes. And, you know, most theologians would say that there was a conversation between Jesus and the Father before it all happened. And, hey, Jesus, would you be willing to be the hero? Would you be willing to rescue humanity because they're going to they're gonna turn away from me? There's going to be a rebellion. So from the very beginning, there's been a God who's been committed to rescuing humanity from its own destruction. So God is the rescuer. 
And it's interesting that he rescues us from the domain of darkness. Those are Paul's words, the domain of darkness. So I found this quote that I think would help. If it doesn't, let me know. But in the New Testament, like the apocalyptic Qumran sect, so the the Qumran sect are those that were the custodians of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Do you remember that kind of that story? So they lived out in the desert. They were looking for the Messianic age to come. They were custodians of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, They were apocalyptic in that things are going to change suddenly and God's going to be back in charge. So the New Testament, like the Qumran sect, based its understanding of salvation on the theologically most central passages of the Old Testament in which prayer is made for salvation from sin. Oh God, save us from our rebellion against you and against each other. Save us from falling short of your glory. Save us from sin. But, this is a good but, but it goes further in tracing humanity's sinfulness, not only to humans themselves, but to the power of evil which reigns in this eon. The power of evil that reigns in this age. The Bible calls this age that we live in, the age that this was there as well, this present age of evil. There's a power that reigns in this eon which in relation to the final struggle seeks to drag humanity to final perdition in which humanity itself has no power to resist. There is a power of evil seeking to destroy God's creation. That's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. There is one bent on destroying all that God has created. And I do think that the height of creation is people, male, female, created in the image of God. And the evil one, if he can take us down with him, wants to do that. Let me show you what I think about your created beings, God. I'm going to lead them into destruction. I think that that force is there. And Paul is saying, God rescues us from the domain of darkness, not just from ourselves, but from a power that without his salvation, we could not resist. So God's rescuing humanity. Humanity held hostage to darkness. Our rebellion against God, which it produces both a moral and a religious darkness. When we try to get ourselves out of our own troubles, we create religions. And we try to save ourselves. It's even, even, I mean, we're, we're still doing it. I mean, it's not like it's... It's not like it's over. But you can, you can look at the history of Israel where, where God reveals himself, where God reveals himself, where God reveals himself. And the Israelites says, thank you very much. And then it didn't take all that long that they took what God revealed and made it something that he did not intend it to be. 
So when you get to the time of Jesus, Jesus is saying, hey, you're following the tradition of elders. You're following the tradition of your interpretation. You're not following what God said. So the religion has, has made, you've entered into a new darkness by your religion. The domain of darkness exists holding humanity in a state of bondage. And that darkness relies on the power of deception. That goes all the way back to the beginning. Did God really say? Is God really good? Planting seeds of doubt about who God is and whether or not God is good. You know, this is maybe a hard thing to say, but I, 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 just, I just felt like I needed to say it. Because you and I, we continue to witness tragic and destructive behavior. Horrible things continue to happen in our world. Every week, there is bad news. And most of the time, that bad news includes the destruction of a human being or thousands of human beings. Susan went to Rwanda. They're still recovering from the slaughter of almost a million people. Now, folks, God didn't do that. We did that. Humanity did that. We don't like to accept that we can be that evil. But we can be that evil. The reason we can be that evil is because we're vulnerable to deception. There is a deceiver, a domain of darkness, and we can be brought into deception, and we can, be, we can do despicable things thinking that we're doing good. All of us have that. Again, Lord, deliver us from evil. You see, when these things happen, if we conclude there is no God because bad things happen, we've been brought into the deception. Because the truth is there's a God who's saying, this, this, I'm trying to save humanity from this stuff. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing and have done everything I can so that this stuff stops. God never, <laughs> never brings disaster upon human beings after the cross. This is a day of God's salvation. God is working over time to save humanity from destroying itself. So God remains good. God cares. God longs for this stuff to stop. But he's also relying upon you and me to walk with him, to keep our eyes open, to not fall prey to the deception and the darkness, to stay in the light. You know, and that, you know, we're, we're, we're powerless without his help to overcome the darkness. That's why you just, you just come back. It's only God that can save us. Only God can save us. We can't save ourselves. There's nothing other than God that can save us from the mess we're in. Now, what he wants to do is he wants to save us from the dominion of darkness and transfer us into the kingdom 
of his beloved son. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty good deal to me. <laughs> now, we're going to be under the we're going to be under the influence of some jurisdiction. That jurisdiction can be the dominion, the domain of darkness, or it can be the kingdom of my beloved son. Now, I want to, you know, just think about it. <laughs> Do you want to be under that or that? And we get to choose. But God, his, his desire is to, to move us, remove us from bondage to darkness into the kingdom of his son. From, from darkness and gloom to light and joy. From bondage to freedom. From rebellion to loving obedience. From debt to cancellation of debt. That's the, that's, that's the movement of salvation out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of my beloved son. Now, how does he do that? Well, he does it by redemption and by forgiveness of sin. They're really pretty synonymous in this passage. Redemption. Again, let me read you a quote. Just get you thinking. Redemption is bound up strictly with the person of Jesus. We have redemption in him. One cannot have redemption without being in personal fellowship with Jesus. There is redemption only within the circumference of faith in Jesus. Redemption is the outworking of his love and self-offering for us. Redemption can only be had by those who are set in the sphere of his lordship. One cannot speak of Jesus winning redemption from God or even of his bringing redemption to God. God has made Jesus redemption. He is the one and the only one in whom we have redemption. Now, that's a lot of words. Just boil it down. What, what can you remember from that quote to take with you? And redemption is Jesus. Jesus is redemption. And so when I trust him, I receive redemption. When I have faith in Jesus, I have redemption. When I say, yes, Lord, I, I do. You're the king. I surrender to you. I want you to direct me. I, I receive redemption. It's only Jesus that is the redemption. That's it. So then when you, when you take that understanding and you kind of plug it into the definitions of redemption that were floating around in the Greek world... Jesus provides release from the bondage of sin and finiteness. Jesus provides release from the bondage of our rebellion and our finiteness, our, our mortality. He sets us free. He is the ransom. And that, that phrase, setting free for a ransom, is used of prisoners of war, of slaves, of criminals condemned to death. He's, he's that redemption. He's redemption. And then forgiveness is somewhat parallel 
to that. This past, this past week was what? September, yes. That's stressful. Emotional. Emotional. It was rainy. It was pleasant. This past week was Yom Kippur. Didn't keep up with that. So Yom, Day, Kippur, Atonement. So for most of those practicing Judaism, they, they don't yet have a remedy of what, uh, other than from what the little I know about Judaism being practiced after the temple. The temple was destroyed in 70 AD. With the temple, the sacrificial altar was destroyed. So there is, there is no place to sacrifice. And there's no mercy seat to put blood on by the high priest. There's no holy of holies that, that, that can happen. And so in most cases, with that not happening, it really goes just, just do more Torah, do more Torah, do more Torah. But not for all. In Jerusalem this week, an ultra-Orthodox group puts crates of white chickens on the street. And you buy a chicken, and you take that chicken, and you float that chicken over James's head, and James's sin is being imparted into that chicken. And then that chicken is given uh, as food to the poor. And I don't know if that means the sin goes to the poor. I don't know what that means. <laughs> But it really grieved me to watch this short clip of these very devout people seeking atonement, seeking forgiveness of their sins with a chicken. And others, there's another practice where you go to the sea or to a river and you throw bread out to the fish and the fish come and then you empty your pockets, symbolizing that your sin is being taken into the sea by the fish. Now, if we only knew about the old covenant, if, if, that, if that's all we had, is just we just had the old covenant, that would make sense, wouldn't it? We've got to have some kind of remedy. You know, we have this history of needing forgiveness, needing redemption, needing a covering of ourselves. We don't have that because that structure's not, we don't, we, so, but that's not the whole story, is it? Bless you. Hebrews, great place to go. The blood of goats and bulls did not complete the devout follower of Adonai because it did not cleanse the conscience from sin. It actually accentuated the awareness of sin. It is only the once for all offering of Jesus 
that brings completion to those of us seeking forgiveness of sin. Interestingly, again, just some nuggets to pass along. The forgiveness of sins is not palpably a present reality. Don't panic. There's there's an explanation for that. It is the act, forgiveness is the act and the attitude of the transcendent God revealed and imparted to us by his word. We have forgiveness only as a given promise. Forgiveness is his promise to us based upon what Jesus has accomplished for us. Which does indeed have present effects on our life. To forgive and to be forgiven does affect us day to day in a big way. But which will, in the full sense, be a palpable reality which renews our being externally only in the final judgment. At the change of the ages, forgiveness will make sense. And it will be our full experience of redemption. The old will become new in every way. The dominion of darkness will be done over and will enter into a new age. It'll make sense. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. See, we're able to do that because of a God who rescued us, redeemed us, and forgave us. Forgiveness means the cancellation of the guilt of sin. There are times that I have flashbacks about my rebellion. And, it, and, it, and, and there these, it's shame. It's like, what? That was such a stupid thing to do. But you know, if you stay there and just invite the Holy Spirit, just but you know, I, I confess that sin. If you stay there long enough, the Holy Spirit will remind you, yes, you confess that sin is done. And you don't need to live with the guilt. That's, that's, that's taken away. Now, learn from it. It's good to learn from the mistakes, not to repeat them. But we don't have to live with the guilt of our wrongdoing. That's incredible. So my friends, what it really comes down to is a life shaped by God. Is a life shaped by rescue. God rescued us. We enjoy this time together because God rescued us. God rescued fixed his affection on you and said, I'm going after you. And it's personal. We all have a personal story of a God who rescued us. I mean, I wish we had the time. Start with Leno and go all the way around the room to Ashley, hearing all the stories of God's rescue of our lives. We each have a story of rescue because there's a God who picked and said, I'm going after you. And my reckless love is going to get you. Our lives have been shaped by divine rescue. I will never, ever recover 
from a summer night in Amarillo, Texas when I was 17 and I said yes to Jesus. I will never forget that moment because God rescued me. He rescued me from myself and my rebellion. He rescued me from my horribly dysfunctional family and began to set that thing right. He rescued me. And so what I come down to is Holy Spirit, please. Holy Spirit, come. Remind us of when and how God rescued us. We don't want to forget our story. When did God rescue you? How did God rescue you? It's your story. Some of them are very dramatic. Some of them not so much, but it's still your story. Holy Spirit, fill us with prayers of thanksgiving for the God who rescues us. I mean, how could we ever stop being thankful for the rescue, for the redemption, for the forgiveness of our sins? I mean, I I don't think I thank him enough for altering the course of my life by allowing me to, to live, to be free. Holy Spirit, deliver us from the dominion, the, the domain of darkness. My friends, the darkness is still here. I've, I've said this, but I don't want to keep saying it because I want, to, I want to invite you into the practice. When I pray, lead me not into temptation. It's not that God is tempting. What I'm saying is, God, lead me as far away from temptation as possible because I'm gullible. I'm vulnerable. I'm easily deceived. I say that every day. I'm very aware of the powers of darkness and deception around us. And I know that I can be duped in lots of ways. So, Lord, deliver us from the domain of darkness. Holy Spirit, help us to receive forgiveness and to extend forgiveness. It was not all that long ago in this month that we had the 9-11 remembrance. And we should remember that. Again, what a horrific thing humans did to humans. It's horrible. I still remember that morning. Scott, are you watching TV? No, you need to go home and watch TV. And I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Aghast. Horrified. No. Let's not forget, but oh God, we must forgive. And it, it may take a long time to forgive that degree of horrific, I mean, I mean, I don't have words for it. But I know that I know that I know that God doesn't give us a pass. Oh, you don't have to forgive that. We must We must forgive as we remember, forgive as we remember, forgive.
And then finally, there are people all around us. People that we rub shoulders with. Who in our lives needs God to rescue them? Who needs a transfer from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus? Who needs forgiveness? Who needs redemption? Now, I have to tell you, having spent time with Jesus yesterday and having thought about this and written this out, it did not make for a very restful night. (laughs) And it's that last question. (laughs) Dang it. I got up in the middle of the night because of people that I know that are in my life that need his rescue. So I I know that's true for all of us. There are people that need to know the God that rescues us. And I think that, that the part, I mean, again, we can't save them. But we can participate by saying, oh, God, I know blank fill in the name needs you to rescue them. We can participate in petitioning God and petitioning God and petitioning God for year after year after year after year. Oh, God, rescue Oh, God, release blank from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of your son. Oh, God, redeem. Oh, God, forgive. Let them know forgiveness. Now, as I'm saying all that, I, I remember that, you know, I, I prayed for years for my dad. At 17, I stood with my parents and I said, I've decided to follow Jesus. Both my mom and dad looked at me and they had this look of horror on their face. I didn't understand that look of horror uh, until later in life. What I realized, they realized, uh uh-oh, you've brought home somebody that we're not going to be able to control. Our dysfunction is going to be exposed because you just brought Jesus home. And so they really really resisted uh, my relationship with Jesus. Uh, Susan and I got married. It was, I decided to go to graduate school. I called it. Hey, Dad, I remember you saying that you would help, you know, if I went to graduate school. My dad said, yeah, but not seminary. You're on your own. Okay, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> Jesus, Dad needs redemption <laughs> and quick. So, you know, so just through the years, we're on Gloria Avenue. The phone rings a Saturday morning. I pick it up with my dad. My dad says, I did it. Now, by the Spirit, I knew exactly what he meant. I said, did what? So, well, you, you know. So, well, maybe I do, but I think it would be good if you told me. And finally, he said, well, I decided to follow Jesus. That's <laughs> so, great. It was great. It was great. But it was years of petitioning. Oh, God, let my dad experience forgiveness for sins. Oh, God, redeem my dad. Oh, God, 
set my dad free from the bondage to alcohol, to workaholism, to horrible self-image. Set him free. Bring him into the kingdom of your beloved son. We can pray those prayers. And God answers them. We get to be a part of that. So that just that brings me to the end. My the folks, there are all kinds of people around us that are laboring in the darkness. And we get to be the light by the way we live, by our kindness, by our concern, by our prayers. So may we commit to let this God who's rescued us continue to shape us so that others witness, wow, there's got to be a God. And they too come into that rescue. Can we stand together and pray together? Father, we give you thanks. You rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of your beloved Son. In Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just burn these words into our souls. That we would be people that rejoice in our rescue and people who would have this increased desire to see those around us set free from bondage to darkness into the freedom of the kingdom of Jesus. As I'm sharing my story this morning, you may have thought of somebody you may not have. I'm not just, but, but I think some of you thought of somebody. So I just want you to pray for that person right now. Just, you can do that quietly, privately, but just pray. Oh God, rescue. And fill in the blank. Rescue. Say the person's name. Rescue. Oh God, you rescued me. Rescue. Oh God, you're the God who rescues. You're the God who redeems. You're the God who forgives. Oh, God, hear our cry. Father, thank you for your history of saving, redeeming, delivering, forgiving people. We bring all of these names, all of these people, all of these stories to you. And we invite you to release, just to release your saving grace through us that they too would know that you're the God who saves. You're the God who redeems. 
and you're the God who forgives. In your name we pray. Amen. If you had a name that came into your head and you prayed, I'd encourage you to write that name down uh, sometime today and just put that name up somewhere that so you remember to keep, you know, most prayer isn't just like automatic. It's day by day by day, sometimes month by month, sometimes year by year by year. So let's remember these people, okay? Thank you. Thanks for our morning together.